0: Welcome to the Truth Lover Video Podcast, presented by Love and Truth Party. I am your host, Will Pye, author of Blessed with a Brain Tumor and The Gratitude Prescription, speaker, transformational coach, workshop and retreat leader, and founder of Love and Truth Party. You can find out more about me at willpye.com. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health healing, and happiness. Find us and join our mailing list at www.loveandtruthparty.org. Love and Truth Party exists to empower the deep realization and integration of unitive consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as New Earth Ninjas, our playful avatar. We do so in the spirit of play, holding the paradox that all is well even and including all collective crises, while simultaneously being moved to act to lessen suffering and serve the creation of conscious culture and society. Our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe, inviting people to receive the love and care in these, and within the Happiness Hacks and other free resources found on loveandtruthparty.org. And today I'm really thrilled and excited to be joined by my friend Adam Chaxfield. Adam offers heart-centered, non-dual spiritual teaching in North America, Europe, and online, inviting individuals and groups to fall open. After a series of profound realizations, Adam left his early career as a political science professor to devote himself to spiritual exploration. And then years later, with Peter Fenner's encouragement and support, Adam started to share non-dual awareness. He developed the four-month Falling Open course as a catalyst for the awakening of the mind, heart, and body. And in 2011, moved by his deep appreciation for the value of spiritual community, Adam founded the Center for Non-Dual Awareness to support those called to share non-duality. Inspired by a spontaneous experience of we consciousness, Adam is currently exploring the activation of shared consciousness within the teacher body of the evolutionary collective. He's also created the map of relationship paradigms and developed We Relating, an online course that takes relationships into this new paradigm, beyond separation. You can find out more about Adam at adamchacksfield.com and in the Facebook group, Adam Chacksfield Falling Open. He also has a YouTube channel. We'll post all those in the notes of this podcast. Adam, it's a real joy to have you here today. Thanks for joining me.
1: Mm, lovely to be with you, Will. Yeah.
0: I'm excited by our our title as well. It's got a a real depth to it, I feel. The uh, Intimacy of Sharing Consciousness, Moving from I to We. And to begin that, I feel to speak to when we met, I think I'd seen your presence online, but we met at the Science and non duality Conference in Italy, I believe that was the first time. Mm. And there was this really immediate experience that I've encountered with some beings of just a delight of shared presence that was just readily available just right there. And this is the intimacy of sharing consciousness, of of being with another being and yet somehow being consciousness, being one. Mm. It's quite hard to language somehow.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like this, uh, invitation to be inside a sort of a shared space of consciousness. Hmm. So that, that, uh, that way that we can, we can just sort of enter the space together and we're, we're inside each other's experience inside each other's consciousness in a deep level. Um, and we're, we're, we sort of, um, in that we become like a different being like there's there's something else that's operating like a, a higher consciousness. That's uh, that we're both uh, inside together.
0: Yes, this uh, word intimacy I've heard um, sort of spoken or slowed down to be into me see. Mm. And I've heard you really sort of pointing to a little bit of that, that we somehow occupy each other's experience whilst retaining seemingly our our own being it's it's again words don't seem to have the capacity to to point to this experience but simply to share presence is this delightful experience and i like how you point to the higher consciousness aspect and the evolutionary aspect as well like of the human consciousness it feels that this is the the experience of sitting with the buddha or sitting with the christ uh, as you and I, as many beings upon the planet right now. Mm. And it does seem to be happening more. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, and yeah. um, I'm not sure how much of that is, just my naive optimism. I wonder if you can speak to that in your experience working with groups and uh, in that time of working with Peter Fenner and moving from academia what have you noticed about this as an emergent property within experience? Does it uh, does it seem to be happening more readily?
1: Yeah, and it's it's um, it's a little. This I want to make a distinction. Actually, I think it's like uh, to be with someone and sort of enter a transcendent space together is is a particular experience. You know, so like we could we could both be sort of sitting here and meditating, and we'll just both go to sort of the uh, the absolute, uh, uh, consciousness itself. Um, and that's like one, one type of experience. And, you know, there's a lot in spirituality. There's a lot about that movement, uh, mm-hmm. going to the sort of the consciousness itself, presence itself. And then there's also a lot of now, thankfully about mm-hmm. the embodiment of that mm-hmm. as an individual, you know, the authenticity of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I find especially interesting about uh, the sharing of uh, consciousness, which is, uh, it has sort of an active component. It's like this, this um, uh, like opening to each other and entering into each other's experience. So it's not that we're, uh, we're sort of entering ju- just presence together, in pr- like this uh, glow of presence but it's also that uh, there's something so magical about the, like the intimacy, the connection, the alchemy that happens when we enter into each other's consciousness. So, and it has a particular flavor. It's like, that's, the, that's why it's um, a little different from just opening to the transcendent. It's like the, the particularity of the we. And
0: of course, the, the, the beauty and, and the humor perhaps is that it requires the other it requires the the other consciousness so the experience of separation um yeah there's 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 still your physical body over there and my physical body over here and we might be having different emotional flavors arising in our experience and yet there's something in the touching that absolute as an expression of the unity of 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 the two people, of the two beings, into that we, it really is a fascinating exploration, and I, I appreciate how you've focused in and honed in on this uh, we consciousness. Mm-hmm. And what it, what is it to be in relationship? And you know, in that intro to Love and Truth Party, this is very much part of our interest and intrigue. Like, what happens in community, in society, uh, collectively? as this becomes a more common accessed experience. Um, It's it's one thing for you and I to enjoy a a tea or a a lunch or whatever and drop in and out or through such intimacy of we. What would it be for, um, maybe it's a little far-fetched, I was going to bring up the great Donald character, but you know, what would it be for any individual in a position of leadership, whether it be in a board meeting of an organization or in a political scenario, to be accessing this degree of awareness as you're looking across the negotiation table or um, hearing to the testimony of a farmer in a developing country that your company is affecting? You know, the potential unfolding of this as a effect Upon culture, upon society, it just fails to have an unimaginable yeah. potentiality.
1: Yeah, and it's beyond um, sort of mere empathy. I'll call it. I yeah. mean, mere empathy. I mean, empathy is wonderful, and you know, like let's have more of that. But, but it's it's like a step beyond that. Even it's like the the opportunity when we feel like we're in a separate positions, so or like we're sort of opposite or opposed or like, well, you, you're over there with your interests and I'm over here with my interests is like, what if we, what if we actually just come inside a shared field together mm-hmm. and we drop the question in like, what wants to happen here? Like what does consciousness want to have happen here? And we actually share in that intelligence. So like I can occupy your position just as much as you can occupy mine. And and then we just see what's actually, and it's it's extraordinary what happens when we take that uh, that leap into into it together. And what I found is um, that the 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 uh, the the end of separation in just that movement, that willingness when when we meet like that, it's like so much of the suffering involved is from is is that feeling of being separate, like like uh i've got to attack or defend or you know it's like uh it's like when when we actually meet in the middle together it's like it's it's sort of like problem over Mm -hmm. i mean that that's the end of the problem right there now we're now we're totally available to what's true and what wants to happen and even if we make the wrong movement or whatever it's like we're both going to notice that and we're both going to like take a corrective movement Mm -hmm. so it's it's like that's It's like the end of of conflict, of competition.
0: And this speaks to the essential tenet or or perspective that we're looking to offer into the World at Love and Truth Party, which is that the individual awakening, the individual expansion of consciousness, the individual healing and integration and embodiment of what some would call God consciousness or shared presence Mm. is so significant collectively, you know, so yeah. significant, such a contribution to, to, to the whole. And, uh, this, this notion of we have this tagline of playing powerfully in the pure democracy of consciousness, mm. because in that moment of peace, you yeah, the end of conflict in that moment of being peace, within particularly the uh, recognition of the interconnectedness and oneness of all form and phenomena, which is an increasingly, even within, from different perspectives, from chaos theory or from systems theory or from other philosophies, as well as from direct realization, is becoming a more common idea. Oneness even as an idea is becoming more common. From that perspective of the unitive nature of consciousness, this moment of peace happening here now within two nervous systems or of course a group might gather together and experience this uh simultaneity of dropping into peace Um, yeah it's it's just so delicious to feel into that and 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 and, uh, again just open to what that might look like what that might ripple out as into our collective human experience
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 like it's totally changes the like the nature of the of uh, of what's happening in our society. I mean, Mm -hmm. like when we enter together, when we when we when we join together in a conversation, like where we're actually going inside consciousness together, like what's really true here, what wants to happen here. I mean, when that's the interest, when when we all sort of bow to the truth in a way and bow to intimacy and to love. And we mm-hmm. and recognize that that's what we actually love more than anything. I mean, there's nothing else we want more than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like to, to sit across from someone and hold them as separate. And even if you win, I mean, that's so yucky. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's so second best to actually meeting and like having what really wants to happen. What's the truest, best thing to happen. And if if when we do it together, when we when we have that shared like recognition of what's true, I mean it's just it's it's uh yeah, it's a whole nother level beyond winning. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Who wants to win? I mean like when that's mm-hmm. when when love is possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, already won. I mean there's a there's a Uh, a totalness to the to the victory of that realization or that experience i mean this is this is the yearning behind every movement of the human being as i perceive it this desire to feel whole to feel connection to feel love we might think that the chocolate's going to give that to us or the um exercise or, or the money or if the Republicans win or the Democrats win, then we'll experience love. And yet, this is a, a capacity in the nervous system, and a capacity that can be accentuated in in connection with another. I, what comes to mind for me? Two things. One is the John Lennon song "Imagine," which was played to me last night, and the relevance of that. You know, the the the, the, the sheer beautiful idealism and being willing to imagine being willing to lean into that possibility to to bow you said to truth to bow to the feminine it feels in a sense as well because that receptivity that open-heartedness that that trustingness is uh, a feminine energy as I would describe it and so it feels like it's this shift in consciousness from a very masculine very male energy that hasn't worked out so well over the last 500 years if you look at the state of the planet and so on it feels that this is the emergence of uh, feminine energy a feminine consciousness which of course is within every man and woman accessible within every man and woman and i know there are personal development workshops i think landmark Uh, I, i know i did landmark and eye gazing was one of the exercises that opens the door a little bit, I think to the sort of experience that we're looking at and describing. Yeah. And very often people from a standing start from no meditation background or no interest in spirituality will discover that standing close to someone and looking into their eye with a little bit of facilitation, there is a discovery that it's like there's no I and there's no you. So if points to the accessibility yeah of this it, it doesn't take going off to the you know caves for for decades it seems it's like it's like a a readily emergent property of consciousness in the nervous system that's it's actually here for 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 most human beings
1: yeah it's amazingly accessible it's uh and and that's one of the the really uh one of the reasons why i am so drawn to this as well um apart from you know like my total love of it personally (laughs) is it is it feels like uh wow this is like so available so available like people you know you can take a group and you can just go you know people can just go there so quickly it's it's like a very easy practice in a way i mean you know there's it can be more or less easy depending on who you're doing it with and the context so on but i mean it's it's actually very accessible for a lot of people now and uh And there's not much conversation about it. The the conversations tend to much more be about, you know, the transcendence and the embodiment and this sort of like the middle tier of like relationality, We might call it the, the, the sharing, the intimacy of sharing consciousness. That's, uh, I mean, there's some discussion about it, but it's, it's sort of, um, uh, like the, the radical potency for, uh, for transformation that it, that it offers has, is largely untapped, it feels to me.
0: And I appreciate in that context your uh, fueling and inspiring the conversation and that literal meaning of transformation. You know, I feel this is the evolution of the, the human neurology and it's starting to access some moral capacity of what this beautiful brain that we have is capable of and what it can create and allow for and experience. Yeah. And I know that a fair bit of your work has, uh, is focused on, um, well, I sense applying this to particular relationships, perhaps to intimate partnerships, to uh, romantic connections. I'm wondering if there's something you can speak to there about how that intersects, maybe in your personal experience or working with clients, working with groups. Um, what, what does this mean for intimate partnerships when this is accessed by both parties in that yeah. in that relationship.
1: Yeah. So, um, sort of first of all, I just say, I feel like this is um, for all relationships. Like I don't, I don't mm. find there's like a special category called intimate relationship, that, nah. um, that there's like special rules or something about this. It feels like it's really just about relating period.
0: Right. And um, just I, let's expand that for a moment because that feels so, such a key distinction to to offer. And I know that when you and I met, there was this languaging that came from me that it was like we were making love. Mm-hmm. In actually, like a very literal way. It was like, we're making love. You know, just in the shared presence in this we space, there is this exquisite experience of, of love. And um, you're a man, and I'm a man, and I don't know about your predilections, but personally, I'm not generally attracted to men. So this was, interesting to speak it into the group and be aware of what that has in terms of connotations. Mm -hmm. And so I feel it's helpful to point to the um, aspect of this as a quality of relating quite distinct from the structure or form of that relating so that it can be arising in. Sorry, Norton has just uh, flashed up on my screen rather inconveniently. to, to see that quality that can be accessed in uh, two friends, in uh, boss, employee, employee, boss, uh, lovers, uh, friends. Uh, that, that feels like a very powerful distinction to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the opportunity to make love with everyone, you know, to have mm-hmm. that what, what relating is about. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and that That depth of intimacy when when it's mutual when we meet in that so so it can be you know you can open to the other and they don't open to you or they're not they're not as open or they don't really are not willing to find their way into you your experience and that's just, you know it's you're you're empathizing and you know you're you're sort of tuned in and that's that's really nice, but there's some magic that happens you know when when the other meets us there when we're when we like Dissolve into each other.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's uh, such a beautiful, uh, powerful experience and, um, and, you know, utterly delicious. Mm.
0: Yeah, a level of deliciousness that is itself its own reward, motivation, yeah. uh, and the essence of the experience itself.
1: Yeah. I guess what I want to say about the, you know, we talked about the paradigms in relating. Um, so there's in spirituality a lot of there's a, a lot of emphasis appropriately a lot of emphasis on authenticity uh, authentic relating so it's sort of like you know, don't follow the shoulds and the ought tos and the you know all these structures we've been given about how relationships supposed to look and then you end up just feeling heavy and burdened and you just don't want to deal with anyone because you're going to get it wrong and it's like no be authentic like being, being what's actually true, you know, be tuned in to what's happening and follow the movement that's alive in you, and and that's beautiful. I mean, like uh, relationships where people are authentic, fantastic. I mean, it's an, an amazing, a miracle compared to what how most people do relating, right? Um, and very much a struggle for most of us. And I would say that authenticity is still like uh, there's there's plenty of work to be done mm-hmm. uh, to, to liberate ourselves from uh, you know all the uh, the sort of dead structures and oughts and shoulds mm-hmm. um, but the but the uh what i call we relating like as an alternative to sort of you know just a name to put on it is uh is distinct from authenticity because when authenticity the movement there is like we're trying to disentangle ourselves from this ideology that mm-hmm. maybe both people are bought into you know Europe. are you're my girlfriend and I'm your boyfriend and what does that mm-hmm. mean? Like we're trying to navigate like being good boyfriend and girlfriend. So authenticity would like try to pull ourselves out of that and like into like what's actually true for us. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> really wants to happen
0: In this moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, but then there's, there's also this, there can be this sort of, um, uh, like I need to separate to do that. Uh, inauthentic relating like it's sort of like it's almost like a, the influence of the other is sort of you know we, we should be suspicious of that because it might be manipulative or it might be coming from you know it's sort of like we're being influenced by things that are not truly authentic for us mm. so we relating the possibility there is that two people can authentically give themselves to this shared space together this shared consciousness And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like, um, you know, so so if you had a question, like, sh- um, you know, you want me to do something and, uh, and I know that you really want me to do something. So then it's like, so to be authentic, I might be like, well, uh, okay, so I'm going to hold that to one side and like, what do I want to do and tune into myself? And it's like, so in we conscious, we can actually both go into to the, uh, the shared experience, like acknowledging the truth of all of it. So we can feel like whatever's there for you about why you want me to do this thing. And then you can feel what's true, you know, truth for me and we can see what actually wants to happen. What's the highest, truest, most loving thing that wants to happen in this shared space. And again, we've come, we've already come out of opposite positions in doing that.
0: So there's this deep listening that's required in that an ongoing deep listening on many levels listening to the other listening to our own body listening to all that's coming forth and there's a teacher of mine a gentleman called alan seal who speaks about working with potential like what wants to emerge and i feel a very similar thread in what you're Mm. speaking to of what wants to emerge here what's the most beautiful and true emergent thing here and there's something of course very powerful in even being open to such a question you know, what is the most beautiful thing right now? And it feels that in the, there's something significant, perhaps. I'm very interested in, in the languaging, uh, as uh, we all are, as we start to sort of map new territory of consciousness as humans. Like, what words do we use? And relating being a verb seems to be significant in this because it points to that fluidity, it points to that ongoing nature. And of course in the verb, there's no subject and object. In the verb, there's just this this happening, this, this, yeah. this movement.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like it's the you know, we've dissolved as separate entities. Hmm. So when we're there, it's like we're going to agree on what should happen. You know, even if it's like I do what you had previously wanted me not to do. Mm-hmm. it's like we'll actually be in agreement on that
0: mm-hmm.
1: if we're inside together we'll both see what's true there
0: mm-hmm. to put that into a, a silly small example perhaps to offer some sort of tangibility and to continue the, the dialogue and exploration um, we might have that last bit of chocolate and we might have been taught to be a good boy or a good girl or a good boyfriend or a, and so we, we um, from that space give that last bit of chocolate to our lover, to our friend, whatever, to be to be the good one, to be the nice one. And what I'm hearing you pointing to is something quite beyond that, which is, um, you know, who knows what it might look like, whether it's to divide the chocolate again, or to eat it simultaneously, or, or to give it to the other, but from a different space, from a different place. So it, so it brings a different energy and a different Intentionality and surrounding energy to to the same action, um, yeah. which is which is evolutionary, which is a different way of being, a different way of of, of doing and being.
1: Yeah, and, and when we're in it together, it's like that. That's like more valuable than the chocolate. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what, that's what I see time and again. Like, you know, when there's a when there's sort of a dispute or a, a conflict or disagreement or something, it's like the pain of that is always um uh greater than like whatever it is about like the you know the thing that we're arguing about or disagreeing. it's like the actual just a sense of separation and once you come together when you come into into shared consciousness it's like that's it's already resolved now we're now we're in love now we're making love
0: Mm -hmm. now we're
1: asking like what's the most beautiful thing to happen here together Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it's like it's, it's done. You know, the, the intent, once that shared intention is, uh, is realized. It's like, it, it, you know, who gets the chocolate is just so, such a. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a thing to play with, to make love with. It's not, it's yeah. no longer, uh, you know, maybe,
0: or, maybe that's what happens. The chocolate literally becomes a, a, a centerpiece of lovemaking and, and, and delighting connection. I like that idea. The, um, there's something that, that this came to me around this conflict that can arise and how this, how the rubber hits the road, as it were, in particularly in intimate partnerships. So to look at that for a moment. So um, whether man and woman or man and man or woman and woman, or uh, of course, it's even more complex than that these days in terms of gender orientations and how people identify and so on. Mm-hmm. But I'm intrigued something which I've noticed and I've heard people speaking about is that when I am on the one hand better able to be in love with someone that I might be in some agreement of uh, ongoing relating with, there may be in this we consciousness and this we relating a simultaneity of capacity to be in love with everyone else as well, to be in love with everyone that I meet. And that can be challenging for the partner in the intimate relating. I think there's still a degree to which, uh, we're both uh, speaking now in California where perhaps there's a greater degree of freedom of exploration of, as you say, authentic relating and polyamory and different ways of coming into agreement as to what a partnership is or what partnership even means. Um, so I'm wondering: is, is, Does that bring up something that you can speak to? How does the ha, ha, how how does that condition part of our thinking? How does ego mind perhaps come to grips with this being in greater love in intimate partnership, and also noticing that that love is 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 not just for me, that <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's for everyone.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think. Once we start um, sort of realizing, uh, you know, the intimacy of sharing consciousness, that 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 possibility is like we start realizing, like you know, we just fall, you know, we can fall in love with everyone, anyone, you know, like you say, we can be making love, you know, wherever we are in any relationship. So, so that um, like the realization of that, like the sort of embodiment of that, you know, which is still. For all of us is an ongoing process you know and, and and because it requires mutuality it's um you know it requires us to share it you know to like to invite mm-hmm. people in to say how about we like drop into this together let's let's take a look at this together let's let's open together mm-hmm. um but uh so so that feels like it, it once we start having the real sort of embodied experience of that it like radically changes. Uh, how most of us have been conditioned to look at intimate relationship. Hmm. You know, t- typically, especially for men, I think, um, sexual relationship is like the sort of the only source of intimacy for many men. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean it's, I am mean, laughing, but it's like horrific. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. terrible that that's the case. Um so so realizing like how uh this love making, this intimacy is so readily available and having us having uh that be a a direct experience not just sort of a hypothetical possibility you know but like there's something we can actually directly encounter with real embodied human beings um it feels like that that really shifts things in terms of like how we look at relationships um and uh yeah and then the, uh, around sexual relationships and partnerships and raising children and so I mean, there's this it feels like everything everything is like open questions as consciousness touches these places everything becomes uh you know, like not what we thought it was you know it's just like it opens up to uh, and takes us deeper into into the mystery so i don't have any i don't have any simple answers about you know
0: <laughs> I'm pleased <laughs>
1: structures or anything like that um yeah, yeah I wish I did, but no it's, it feels like everything's uh yeah it's just as you were saying about gender itself, it just becomes more and more of an open question,
0: yeah, as nice as it might be, and as much as some people watching and listening might want the 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 easy answer or the simple solution or the three step process, it seems that a key aspect of this is to. Be in the not knowing rather than in the measurable known and it is almost too simple for I think it is too simple for the mind to be settled to, to be comfortable with that all that might be required is to open into this sense of potentiality here what wants to emerge now what's the most beautiful thing that can be experienced or expressed or realized and i think it's not too difficult to imagine how with that as your devotion in uh, child rearing or in forming an ongoing partnership if if that's your foundation uh it it feels like an extraordinarily solid foundation you know that whatever happens from there forms might change in relating um and you know, children will be children and teenagers will be teenagers. But if you're coming from that place and that space, it feels like a very solid, very grounded uh, space to come from. And it brings up for me a powerful question around trust. Because as you speak, I hear the sense of this in, this great intelligence, the intelligence of consciousness, the intelligence of life that can be accessed and observed to to, to, to unfold through us. And that's an extraordinary reality to embody or to embrace or to realize you know to be in that degree of trust it It mm-hmm. brings up those questions on our on our love letters that we distribute. We have this quote of Einstein where he in a letter I think he did actually say this i've researched it not like many things that Einstein is supposed to have said that the most important question facing humanity is is the universe friendly? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's easy to see how that is such a significant question. When I'm in relationship, when I'm in uh, any form of conduct, if I'm coming from a place where this is a scary place, where this is unsafe, if my ego in the body is being activated, then that's determinant of how that experience is gonna unfold. But if I can drop into that sense of it's okay here, you know, I, th- there's goodness unfolding. There's, there's, a, there's a reality of love that's present that I can trust and receive and, and, and listen to how it wants to, to play. And that just feels so significant.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard about this, talked about uh, as sort of basic trust, I think Almas calls it. Um, this, uh, yeah, the, the sort of the foundational sort of trust in reality, and um, what I found is that um, you know the, the truth is like so reliable. When we turn to the truth, it's like so reliable, so reliable. It's like no matter how much we fear it, it's like it's so. And, and like when you were talking, I could really just feel that. Like uh, like when we're committed to truth and love, you know, when we're putting that first, it's like Everything like that's the strongest foundation for anything for any relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: otherwise, if we're buying an ideology and we're both saying, well, we're going to agree to this particular rule or ideology or something and like forever, it's like then we're just sort of waiting for reality to disprove that. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it's like we're putting the ideology before like what's actually true. So it's like to have that mutual commitment of like we're we're really interested in the truth. You know, that's, that's what the priority is in any relationship is, is, uh, so powerful. And ultimately you can't do the, you know, the, the intimacy of sharing consciousness, you know, it doesn't work if you're not interested in the truth. Hmm. If you, if you go, if you're into that and you're like, but I don't want to see this, or I don't want to know this place or I feel that it's, then it's, uh, you know, it's, it's less than complete intimacy. It's less than the complete sharing.
0: Yeah. It's, uh an eccentricity that I hope is becoming less of an eccentricity, this devotion to truth, this devotion to, at all costs, um, that desire as it might express in an individual for enlightenment or for awakening or to know the nature of reality or to, I think to, to, to be a pure channel for the highest to express through us. There's a number of ways that we might feel that movement towards that or desire towards that. And truth with a capital T is a word I'm very comfortable with. With truth with a small t being also very important. Like, what's the truth of how this world is unfolding? But bringing that capital T truth in, which is an experience, you know, it can only be experienced mm-hmm. or, or known at a level beyond the mental body. Uh, or, or observed in its manifesting when we invite it to to express. I, I sort of have a sense of of that uh, in in of course in miracles language or, or uh, Christian mysticism language, you know, God's will rather than my will. And God's obviously a very loaded term for a lot of people, but I feel there's a healing around that such that I still use it because call it life, universe, infinite intelligence, the presence of love uh, as a direct experience it, it uh, again it, it seems to be that what's coming through is that sense of trust and that sense of being in the feminine energy of the receptivity of the allowing of what wants to come through I'm intrigued as to how that I, I feel it to be especially powerful and impactful and, and, and beautiful when it is present in someone in a male body to be able to soften, to be able to to open and yield, and uh, I know my and the thing a squirrel just caught my eye flying out the window there. I know that in my experience, that's not something that. I have done anything to facilitate or gain, but rather life has has brought me to my knees and forced me to yield and caused me to surrender. And so there's that word trust and this word surrender. It feels like there's a surrendering into the space together into the relating.
1: Yeah, what I've noticed is there's there's such a sense of relief when we acknowledge the truth. You know, and it's typically typically things you know that we're, we're like. I don't really want to look that we really want to know what's behind that, you know? And it's like, when we actually just like, okay, like, let me, let me actually feel the truth of it. Let me like feel into what's actually here. What's real. Mm. Acknowledge that. And it's like such a relief, whatever mm. it is, it's always such a relief. It's like, that's the end of the running. Okay. Mm. Now, we're, now we're in reality. Mm. You know, we don't have to continually hold ourselves averse to looking over there. You know, like anything we don't want to see, it's like it, it narrows our vision and that, and we've got to constantly be monitoring like oh, none of that, none of that, you know. It's like, yeah, so much effort in in avoiding uh, in avoiding reality, avoiding knowing.
0: There's a perspective within that that I hear that I think many people might be able to relate to as, as true in their experience at times, which is... Uh, the, the fearing of love. So the ultimate truth, if the ultimate truth is that everything's perfect, that there's love present now, that all is totally fucking well, then what, where do we go? Like the ego's got nowhere to go with that, right? It's like, oh. <laughs> and so in this sense, there's, a, there's a, a fear or a resistance to that totality or the immensity of that, of that truth. And, and yet what I'm feeling and sensing and what you're pointing us to is this direct experience, an embodied experience that can happen, that can be encountered through this sort of non-practice of the practice of of we relating or of we consciousness, the intimacy of shared consciousness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, the, you know, as you're speaking about the the, the sort of, fear of the ego. It's like, a, um, you yeah, know, I'm also really, uh, um, aware of like the role of shame in that, like the, it's sort of like the idea that like there's something bad in me and how that, uh, like, so if I open to the truth, I'm going to find out the terrible truth about myself, you know, that I, I basically shouldn't exist as what shame tells us. Yes. And it's, and again, the curious thing is, I mean, the the amazing, miraculous, wonderful truth is that when we actually meet what's there, like in presence, just without any need for an ideology, like just, just like what's really there, all we find is experience. We just Mm -hmm. find innocent life experience. There's no terrible, you know, like, oh, (laughs) evil part of me that's gonna be, you know, it's, it's like, it's, we just find innocent, innocence. Innocent human experience.
0: Yeah, I I love the word innocence. I think it's got a really beautiful vibrational quality to it. And what it points us to is that innocence of the child, the the, the, the total innocence. You know, when the child pees or poos or we don't judge the child, we recognize it's instantly knowable that it did not know what it was doing. It's innocent and to bring that same perspective to self, to our own being as perfect and whole. This is one of the, so at Love and Truth Party, we have sort of three falsehoods or illusions or partialities that we identify as separation, Mm. um, ontological materialism and ethical materialism and insufficiency or lack. The idea that there's not enough and that I'm not enough. Mm. And the resolution of course is is unity the experience of immaterial being and the knowing the realization the recognition of our total enoughness that we're divine beings that we're um for all our foibles and and character flaws and and strange idiosyncrasies and whatever else we're we're perfect and that's true of course of every being Mm -hmm. of every single being so that 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 loosening of shame that freeing of shame i can sense in the experience of we consciousness, of we relating, like the actual allowing of the dissolution of that as a, as a tightness in the body or as a heldness in the heart. Um, to, to realize, to know the experience of being loved, of, of, of being loved.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's so amazing when we, when we really see each other it's like and that, there is that recognition of like, yes. oh, it's the same.
0: You know, like, yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, you're scared and I'm scared. And it's like, yes. You yes. have shame and I have shame. It's like, yeah. You know, and it's like, it, it totally takes us out of like that, that, you know, shame has us separate ourselves. It's just like, it's like, you know, just just go, you know, bury yourself in a hole. You're not fit for company. You know, no one's going to love you here. And it's like, so, so wonderful to have that, that actual embodied, Uh, meeting where we actually see each other and we realize like it was totally made up totally false Mm.
0: and in this putting it into the context of our collective unfolding a dominant idea whether we've been religious ourselves consciously or not is the idea of original sin which essentially is this um, shame the, the idea that we're inherently wrong and In my view, it's the greatest blasphemy and the greatest confusion and the greatest lie. And I see you and many others really pointing us to the divinity of our being, the perfection of our being. And I love this power, the potency of what you're exploring and sharing with the world to directly access this. So it's not just the idea that I am, beautiful, that I am well, that I am, uh, so lovable, so loved, but the actual direct experience of that, you know, uh, I mean, it's just my heart just overflows with joy. Just even speaking of this and so grateful to be in this conversation and I want to ensure people have the opportunity to connect with your, uh, website, adamjacksfield.com. And also just, is there anything in particular coming up that would be useful, something that you're offering that people might like to be aware of and access?
1: Um, there's a number of retreats. I, I love gathering with people and, and exploring, uh, you know, the intimacy of sharing conferences, falling open together. I also call my work, uh, I of the, the work I do. So, it's, uh, so uh, yeah, I'd love, love to meet the people who are listening to this now or watching the video and, uh, one of the, one of the live events. And also I do some events online as well, but there's nothing scheduled right now. So
0: So AdamChaxfield.com would be the place for people to see what's happening online and see where those retreats are in the future. And so I know you've got one in Milan in Italy, which sounds rather exotic and wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Sophia Bulgaria is coming up as well, but, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, if people just, they can sign up for the email list as well, so that they'll, they'll get ongoing notifications about whatever's being offered. Beautiful. And of course, I'm available uh, privately as well, so people can meet on video like we are now.
0: Great. I'm happy for the world that that's a, a service that's available. Mm. Really grateful for you joining us today, Adam, and giving us your time and sharing your presence, it's been a joy for me and I have no doubt that it has been for our viewers and listeners as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Uh, yeah, really lovely being with you, Will. Just uh, so, so appreciate our kinship. Yeah.
0: Mm. Likewise. And to our viewers, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching this episode of The Truth Lover. This is episode number 14. We have another 13 for you to enjoy on Podbean, Spotify, all the usual places, iTunes. And uh, you can visit loveandtruthparty.org to to join our community, download or order love letters, register for our newsletter, connect on social media, and even consider a financial gift at loveandtruthparty.org. Thank you all uh, to our listeners, viewers, supporters, and contributors. Together we are creating kind, conscious, courageous human community.